Hi, I'm Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease. This is when life gives you Parkinson's. Joining me on the podcast journey is my wife and partner in Parkinson's, Rebecca Gifford. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm happy to be here with you, my husband, Aww. recording the podcast, and with you, the listeners. Today is the final installment of our three-episode miniseries that we are calling The Talk. It's a frank conversation between a young person with Parkinson's, that would be Larry, and their spouse and partner in Parkinson's, that would be me. So if you haven't heard part one or two, you may want to stop here and go back and listen to them before you listen to this episode. It's also important to note the content on this episode is not appropriate for all age groups. This is an adult conversation, including adult language and adult themes. We are excited to say that we've been receiving some feedback from listeners about the previous two episodes. For instance, Steve writes, Your candor, vulnerability, honesty, and openness was remarkable. I am so pleased that you and a handful of others are willing to honestly and openly explore issues like this that have been closeted for far too long. We agree with you. They have been closeted. We need to normalize these kinds of conversations. Yes, and we hope it helps uh, launch a thousand conversations around the globe. Anna Marie and Ray reached out through SpeakPipe from Lima, Peru. Hello, this is Anna Maria and Raymond from Lima, Peru. First of all, thank you very much to Rebecca and to Larry for this uh, fantastic conversation, for your openness, to your willingness to share how you uh, face your life living with Parkinson's. Um, we just would like to, to share that uh, Rain and I uh, are going through our life with Parkinson's, trying to uh, find hope about what's possible here and now after almost 11 years living with Parkinson's. And uh, as life is uncertain and Parkinson demands constant adaptation, we are engaged in this constant uh, stretching and folding and resting and stretching again our minds and our bodies. And uh, we use the tensions that we face in our favor, the tensions, the daily phases, the daily tensions, and also cherish the good moments we share. Uh, we have one son and one daughter and one pet. And uh, here is Ray, who, who wants to share it with you. Hello, Larry and Rebecca. Uh, I'm just after reading your, or listening to your audio on your experience as a life partners on this journey with Parkinson's. I was diagnosed 11 years ago and I have been on my journey with Parkinson's ever since. And on that journey, I think one of the key dimensions has been that of our relationship as partners, which is one of the themes that's almost taboo. So I'm very pleased to hear somebody willing to put their uh, heart out there and try and describe some of the difficulties. Because many people when they, uh, who are life partners of a person with Parkinson's feel they have to take on the role of a care partner. Our experience is that this is not necessarily so, that maybe we could become partners uh, in a different way. But it, that just doesn't take away from the fact that it's a difficult experience, as you've described very well, how our relationship changes and how uh, 
I can feel uncomfortable and guilty about the extra work and burden caused uh, on my family and on Anna Maria, while Anna Maria can feel that she is overburdened and t- takes on roles that would traditionally correspond to me. So cool to hear the voices crystal clear like that from Lima. That's amazing. Uh, so if you would uh, like to send your message through SpeakPipe, it's just a website. You go to www.speakpipe.com slash when life gives you Parkinson's, and there will be a link in the show notes. If you two have been enjoying this series, then good news. There is one more episode you haven't heard yet, and we are going to share it with you right now. We'll call this one from hopeless one minute to hopeful the next. For the folks who've listened from the beginning, what things have become more affecting in your life, the symptoms that have had the biggest effect on your quality of life? Most of it's internal. It's just like so exhaustion. Like I have gotten, I need more more naps now and more downtime now and, and can do fewer things in a day now than I could when I was diagnosed. Your energy level is challenged more for sure and le- less consistent it, it can go up and down really fast you can have lots of energy for an hour in the morning and then suddenly you can't keep your eyes open and have to take a nap and then you nap for 20 minutes and you're fine yeah because of physical therapy and because of walking poles and and I, it's a focus of mine my gait is better than it was which was the first big symptom for you and one that you felt you needed to address early. But if I am off, my, if like if I miss a dose, I, I'm immediately back bumping into countertops and like I'm apologizing to inanimate objects more than I'd like to. <laughs> I do find that the neuropathy in my feet is probably the the biggest thing I deal with right now because it just, it's nonstop, it's burning and it's painful uh, and it just doesn't ever seem to go away. We've tried a lot of things, and we're going to keep trying things, but that's very distracting. I have, like, internal, like, bladder issues and constipation, and that stuff wasn't around. Um, although I've always had shy bladder in the public bathrooms, but, like, like now I don't have control over it. And, you know, uh, frankly, I have a really hard time uh, getting and maintaining an erection, um, which uh, is fairly new uh, and have Viagra now. So I feel like I'm part of a secret club. I think we are on a very typical path of families, couples with Parkinson's in the, in the relationship. Intimacy has different priorities now. So certain things are how we find our intimacy, not just through sexual contact. It is affection and being aware of our love languages, which is for both of us, I think, a lot of affirmation and a lot of reassurance and a lot of expressions of love, both through affection and through words. And that remains. And we still have intimate conversations, which has always been important to our relationship and holding hands, lots of hugs, taking advantage of moments in the day when we can just have a nice hug or I can wrap around you from behind while you're sitting in the chair or something where we just, we're maintaining that closeness 
It just means different things. The effortless part of it is still effortless in that we've always expressed affection for for each other pretty readily in lots of ways, verbally, physically. But what our sex life used to be before, it requires a lot more effort now. And with lower energy levels and (laughs) lots of things and parenthood and whatnot. It has just become lower priority, even though we still feel close. And if the sex part of it was super important to us, and that was that was a big part of our love language or something, then I think we would, we would um, put a little bit more time and energy into maintaining that portion of our intimate marriage. Um, but I think and correct me if I'm wrong, we're feeling satisfied and comfortable with the level of closeness and intimacy that we have currently. Yes, for sure. Um, and, you know, it, it comes with uh, some flirting here and there and just sort of like, like when and, we were dating. Right, and, yeah. and that's that's just as fun, you know, because you know, there is a, uh, the, the intimacy is there, but then there's also the fun of just sort of making eyes at each other, kissing, sneaking out in the middle of the night and necking in mom's car. No, we don't do that. (laughs) Thank goodness we don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Henry's joining us now. Okay. Henry, who are you? My name is Henry Gifford. So, Henry, uh, we're talking about Parkinson's. How does Parkinson's impact your life? My dad, he had Parkinson's. He can't do the stuff what he did last year. Like, I can't climb on him. Nope, can't climb on him. I'm not a jungle gym, am I? Yes, he is. And what we can do is hugs and more hugs and hugs. I like hugs. I like that. Have you talked to your friends about my Parkinson's? No. Do you like the walking poles? Yes. What happens um, when dad's having a bad day with Parkinson's? Mm, He gets all grumpy and everything. What does that look like? Like, he turns his mood into, I'm really cranky. Ten minutes later, cranky. Sometimes I get mad of that. Mm-hmm. And do I sort of go off on my own? Yes. What do I do? You go to the playroom and play it out. What, what, what am I playing? You're playing, he's playing cars and Lego. Yeah, I love Lego. I like Hot Wheels. I know, but so... The- Hot Wheels is like a thing. I like to collect them. I'm more like a collector. You so are. like... I collect cars, and I have two million Hot Wheels. I counted <laughs> two them. Two million. Two million Hot Wheels. That's like how many symptoms I have with Parkinson's. That's crazy. Yeah, I know, right? What do you think life's going to be like as time goes on with Dad's Parkinson's? Well, he's going to change. It's changing. It's going to be, like, he's going to get old and not, like, want to do stuff anymore. And he he likes to um, take naps a lot. He likes to get on his exercise bike. 
and stay inside and never go outside or need for the grocery stores and the one and drugs, more yeah. stuff. So and, that's something to talk yeah. about too. And maybe we can do that with Henry here of dad, dad feeling quite anxious about being out in the world these days. So Henry, have you noticed that? Yes, I notice it a lot. Yeah. With, with how does that look to you? Not very good. What happens? Get scared. Do you notice where I get anxious? Um, a big huge crowds. And moving on. I think it's important to bring up because you were talking about how your Parkinson's is progressing and how yeah. that's affecting things. That your anxiety because of the Parkinson's, but the trigger is COVID. Mm-hmm. Being out and about makes you quite nervous. Yes. Other than being outdoors, walking the dog around the neighborhood, which you do pretty readily. Mm-hmm. That's your main exercise these days. Going to restaurants, going to even outdoor gatherings of people. Yeah. Quite, it makes you quite nervous. It does. Um, and... and I was never anxious before Parkinson's. Like, like, like the anxiety I get now is I can't explain it. It doesn't feel like me. Um, and so, um, but it's real and it, it is debilitating at times. Henry, is there anything you want to say about that? Mm, do you know how it feels, what it feels like to be anxious? A lot. What advice do you have for dad when he starts to feel anxious when he's out could stay stay calm and take deep breaths that's great advice thank you sweetie bye 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 the independent back to dad cha 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 i don't want to lose the momentum on the conversation we were having before um the cute as a button whirlwind tornado came in came through the room right um (laughs) welcome to our life we had a conversation a couple weeks ago three about three weeks ago now i guess the the one night that you walked into the kitchen and i was standing at the counter eating dinner you were out here eating dinner and henry was at the table eating dinner and you're like what's going on here it was one of those conversations where we were both very stressed and very mired in the small and relatively unimportant things that were going on in our lives. It's almost like I gave you an ultimatum. It was a very black and white conversation because I was looking for something to be certain. And so I asked you, what is your priority? Is it your work? Is it the things that you're doing for the community? Is it all of the things, all the purpose-driven things that you're that you find, of course, so important and that we find important, or is it your family? Because you, it can't be both and you have to, right? So I was very much in a mindset of just tell me what to believe and what I know. What can I know? And what were you feeling going into that conversation? Feeling very frustrated and lonely, because there had been a couple of weeks where we had not really connected at all. You were very busy with work. We were both very stressed out. Um, I was busy too and 
parenting was particularly challenging during that time. I was feeling a lot of stress and um, needing and feeling like I wasn't getting what I needed in support, both practical and emotional, because you were very busy and very much in your bubble over here. So I challenged you on it. I was like, what is it? What's priority? What did I say? You said, I don't know. And that wasn't really the answer you were looking for. No. But we've had conversations since then that have clarified and we've both done our own work and consideration and discernment separately and are able to see where that conversation came from, how we kind of got to that dark place mm-hmm. and have found some clarity since. I think we're still finding it. I think you in particular are still kind of searching for what that looks like. What does your life look like if you're really living out what you believe your priorities are? When you have Parkinson's, you don't know what's next. And so you're like, well, then I got to hurry up and do what I can do to to help the best I can while I'm healthy. But then you also need to spend as much time with your family, doing the things that your family wants to do when you're healthy. And, oh, yeah, by the way, let me work while I can work. So I can. So there's this, so you're juggling all these things and you're, it's hard to know what to make priority. And then what happens is you get sucked down a rabbit hole. And, you know, if, like if I, <laughs> I can't do things simultaneously or I'll freeze. I can be pretty productive in the mornings. And then as the afternoon wanes on, it's harder for me to like craft an email. You'll be like, are you coming for dinner? I'm like, yeah, I just uh, finished this email. And like, you're like it's, it's been 45 later. minutes. <laughs> you email is done. I'm like, no, actually it's not. I'm like, I don't know why this is happening. And that's why a couple of weeks can go by and you are unaware that you have been unavailable to portions of your life and to people in your life. Right. It was a really um, difficult but important and great conversation for us to have. Um, and I've I've always appreciated your candor and your uh, observations and your willingness to say, listen, you are you in? Like, are you here? Are you, like, because if you're not, I need to know. You are a very driven person and can accomplish a lot. But also, for anyone who understands this very much a Capricorn, you can lean into being a workaholic at times. So we set up a deal early on especially when we became parents, where it was my job to call you on that. The challenge is there's a lot more at stake now with what you're doing. The expectations are real. And I know you feel that. Yeah. And you want to do it. It's not just because other people are expecting you to do it. It's not a responsibility. It's because you feel driven and really want to accomplish all the things that you know you can and that PD Avengers and this entire community of beautiful, talented, genius people can accomplish. We can do it. It just requires a lot from everyone. And you are one of the de facto leaders of that drive. It, it's really about finding the balance, just 
kind of like when you're dealing with Parkinson's. you got to find the balance of medications and exercise and everything else. And I can't do everything I want to do. I just have to understand that. And so I have to go, okay, so what's important today? And how, how can I serve all these you know, people and, and projects um, fairly? And that's exciting for me. But, you know, the family is just as exciting for me. I guess I needed reassurance of that because I, I, it was looking like and feeling like we were an annoyance. We were in the way of you doing what you really wanted to do. What your priority was, was getting these things done. That and your job seemed to be your higher priorities. And we were just kind of like, ugh, they expect things too. Yeah, I should probably go do that, but I really want to keep working. But the deeper story was you simply needing to focus your brain on something. And then when we come in with, hey, you want to hear this story or when are you going to be done or da, 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 then then you're taken out of that and there's irritation and you have to get back into it and... Right, and so it it looked different and felt different in the moment than was the larger picture i I think I have a hard time committing to one priority in my life because I've always done so many things, and multitasking was a superpower of mine, and now it's not and yeah it's it's a it's it is a mind fuck. That brings us back to our conversation about hope in a way. We were talking about agency and having agency in our life. And in a situation that can become hopeless because it feels so out of control. And never ending. And sometimes things, you can't do anything about whatever is occurring or whatever symptom has cropped up or yeah so what i'm hearing then is dealing with symptoms and dealing with the day-to-day challenges you don't have a different way of managing and facing those things than you did before the parkinson's which is to be in the present moment but when it comes to the parkinson's it's helpful to have steps to look into the future you find hope in having a plan for decreasing its effect for, if not your generation, future generations. If I'm going to go through this crappy disease cycle, I want something good to come of it. And I don't know how much time I have to do that. We don't have that kind of relationship agreement where we hide the truth from each other to make it more comfortable. Those crunchy moments of life when you're, you know, like, like the conversation we had three weeks ago, it made us stronger. The, the crunchy moments of life is where you learn and what you were, those are the moments you remember and you grow. Without that, it's not very interesting. Not like I want to intentionally avoid my family for three weeks so we can get into a little, you know, Tete-a-tete. But but what a great opportunity. But what a great opportunity to get a little crunchy. And like, well, because, because it forced us to intentionally reconnect again. 
And those reconnections have to happen more intentionally than they used to. Yeah. We have to be aware of when we start to disconnect because that's relatively new and then aware of how do we get back and are we both in on getting back to reconnecting and fully being in the marriage with priorities. Mm -hmm. Henry made a comment to me the other day. We were looking at a photo of something. I don't even know what it was. Somebody's wedding, I think. And he said, maybe you guys should get married again. <laughs> Why did he say that? Because, at, well, I asked him the same thing. Well, because then this time um, I could be there and Nina could be there. Oh, Nina is our dog. That's nice. So, and wasn't that a, a, such a lovely thing? And so we talked about that just a little bit, but he was, he was just like, yeah, it would be fun to, to do you know, another wedding because then I could be there this time. And you and I have talked about renewing our vows every once in a while. Yeah. But it, then that evening when I brought this up to you, we had a conversation about, well, maybe that's a healthy exercise of reevaluating our vows and priorities and promises to each other, reestablishing expectations for the relationship, for ourselves, for each other. And very, doing that in a very intentional way because 22 years after our, our fantastic, fun, loving wedding, yes. we are different people. We have very different challenges. We live in a whole different country. We're, so much has changed that it, perhaps it's time to reevaluate and reestablish. Yeah, and I think that's a lovely idea. We just have to make that. We keep, have to keep putting that on the list. Of things to do rather than that's a lovely idea, and then next year's we're still talking about it. Yeah, remember when we remember talked when about we talked about that? Right. Yeah, well, it's it's you know I was commenting to one of my friends how awesome you are, uh, and you taught me something a long time ago where stop putting things into the future and bring them into the present. If you keep it out to the future, it's not going to come and manifest to you until you believe that a you deserve it or you are that or you can be that so we are renewing our vows now let's pick a date and whatnot but like it's not we want to renew our vows it's we are going to renew our vows i believe the value in this is not necessarily in having a ceremony but in having that conversation and very intentionally reestablishing what does our marriage mean to us recommitting to a marriage that looks different already after so many years and so many things occurring and celebrating what it has become and all that we have in that relationship. Do you remember when I was first diagnosed what I told you? Remind me. I said, we didn't sign up for this and you didn't sign up for this. And if you want out... You've got a ticket. Go. Because this is going to be hard. And you said, I did sign up for this, for better or for worse. And I'm not going anywhere. And that's, that's stuck with me. And I appreciate that so much. But I wouldn't have blamed you 
had you said, you know what? I don't want to be a caretaker for the next 30 years. What we didn't ask in that moment, and perhaps why this is, was coming up five years later, was, are you in? It was just the assumption that I was the one who would, of course, leave because you were the one who was sick. And um, it was a, that was perhaps a bias or an unhealthy way of looking at the situation because obviously we need to know that we're both committed to this. So we, you asked that question of me and I was in and I'm still in and I know that I always have an out, but so do you. And so recommitting to it on both sides of an equal partnership is important. As we move forward in life and marriage and Parkinson's, things will continue to evolve and shift and change. And we need to be honest and open. And and, and I think we, we're pretty good at that. I mean, I think you're, you're like, I, I got to escape because I'm fried. And I'm like, I got to go take a nap because I can't keep my eyes open. And like, which seem silly things, but like there's, people that suffer through moments of their life because they don't, they're afraid to tell their partner they need something. And I'm so glad that we have the type of relationship where we can ask each other for things. And I never really gave you a, a list of my priorities because I still think that it's hard to discern, but family is extremely important because to, to imagine doing this without you is I can't I can't imagine it I, I mean I, we know people that are going through it who are single parents and oh I, I don't know how they do it I'm so in awe of what they do because just having your support your your kind words your just to be able to you know have somebody else drive the car you know it's it's, you know, I mean, you're, think about it, five years ago, you're like, well, I'm not a caretaker, I don't do things for him, but that's changed too. You do. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, you're, there's more care involved in what, in our day-to-day than there was five years ago. I mean, like, I can still take my own shower, but now I'm sitting down in the shower seat. Like, there's, (laughs) there's little things that, you know, change over time. That's the final episode in The Talk. We dedicate this episode to our beloved dog, Nina. You were with us just a short time, but you made a lifetime impact. May you rest in peace. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is a Curious Cast production. Our story producer is Dila Velazquez, sound designed by Greg Schott. The presenting partner is Parkinson Canada. Diagnosed with Parkinson's, you are not alone. Parkinson.ca. Thanks also to our promotional partners, the World Parkinson Congress 2023 in Barcelona, Spain. Make plans to be there with us. Go to WPC2023.org for details. The Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's Podcast, hosted by Larry Gifford. Available on Apple Podcasts and at MichaelJFox.org. The most recent one is featuring us. It came out today, too. <laughs> Along with uh, Kat and Ken Hill, who are lovely. Lovely people. We highly recommend this podcast. Yes, it's very good. Be the Avengers, a global alliance of people with Parkinson's, their partners, and friends united in the cause of ending Parkinson's disease. 
Join now at pdavengers.com and be sure to check out the new events calendar. Spotlight YOPD, the only organization in the world with the singular focus of raising awareness of young onset Parkinson's disease. SpotlightYOPD.org. And I'd appreciate it, we'd appreciate it, if you would share this podcast with someone, anyone. Could be a friend, could be an enemy, frenemy, whatever. Personal recommendations are the most effective way to grow our audience, but more importantly, raise awareness of Parkinson's disease. Keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time.